One day, I was at the grocery store standing in the checkout line. A woman in front of me who was paying her bill was chastising the checker, the cashier, because that cashier was not at church that Sunday morning. Apparently, they went to the same church. She said, I can't believe you are working on a Sunday. The cashier rather humbly said, but they called me. Someone was sick. It was an emergency and asked me if I would take over. And I said, I would. She said, but this is Sunday. You should be at church. And she went on to complain because the woman was working in a secular job on a Sunday. I said to the woman who was complaining, well, I can't believe you who want to go by Old Testament Sabbath laws are out shopping for groceries on a Sunday. You're not allowed by the Old Testament to leave your tent on a Sunday and go out shopping or go cook your food. You have to cook your food on the day before the Sabbath. How can you be out here on a Sunday? With that, she shut up and left. Some people today treat the Old Testament Sabbath and the New Testament Sabbath the same, except not really, because if they want to go by Old Testament laws, they can't watch football games on Sunday, they can't watch TV on Sunday, they can't leave their house on Sunday. They can't even cook their food on Sunday if they want to go by the law of Moses, the Old Testament laws. We have a New Testament statement about the Sabbath, and it is not the same as the Old Testament. We're going to look at both of the Sabbaths. Exodus chapter 16. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. Verse 2. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured, complained against Moses, and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They forgot how bad it was in Egypt. I mean, only a month and a half out. And they forgot that Pharaoh was requiring that all the male babies be killed at birth. That was one of the requirements. They also forgot the hardship that Pharaoh quit giving them straw to make the brick. He made them go out and find stubble to make brick. It was a much harder job, and yet he did not decrease 
the number of bricks they were to make. He did this because Moses and Aaron had gone to him and delivered the word of God, let my people go. He did it because he said, you're idle, you're idle. They make you idle. So he commanded they not be given straw anymore, and they have to go out and find their own straw. They forgot all that. And so they said, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Verse 6 And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, At even then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord, your complaints against the Lord. God was leading them. He led them by a cloud in the day and a pillar of fire by night. They could all see that. It was God, not Moses, who was leading them in the way they would go. Then Moses said, And what are we that you murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full. For that the Lord heareth your murmurings, your complainings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Verse 9, And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even, at evening, ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, basically who provides for you. 
Well, where was that flesh going to come from? There were over a million of them out there in that wilderness to feed. Verse 13. And it came to pass that at evening the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they knew not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less, because there were different numbers in the families. Verse 18, And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Don't leave any of it. Eat all of it. Do you think they all obeyed that one? No, of course not. They were impotent and hard-hearted. We read that in the instruction that God gave to the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 3. Exodus chapter 16, verse 20. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it till the morning. It's like knowing better than God. Disobeying God is like you say, I know better than God. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go out and gather whatever I want, and I'm going to store it up so I'll have some for future. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not to Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. We see exactly the same thing today with the church. They go out there, they get a word from God, and they change it. I have seen it so many times in our little church group. An individual will report a word from God, but make just little adjustments in it and change that word. You can't do that. You can't add to the word you hear from God. You can't take away from the word 
you hear from God, you certainly can't make changes to the word. We had a woman in our church group who heard, now is the time to get a dog. She likes dogs very much, and so she began looking for the perfect dog. It took about four to six months for her to make up her mind on the perfect dog. Now, if God said, now is the time to get a dog, I would be out there that day trying to get a dog. I was very concerned about her because she bought a dog from somebody in California, I think it was, and this man was going to be on the plane delivering the dog to her at midnight. This was a woman who couldn't drive around in the city of Lubbock without getting lost. And she's going to go to the airport 15 miles north of Lubbock on country roads, all farms around it. You could pretty easily get lost on that road to the airport. I know when I went out to the airport, I had to think rather carefully in the daytime. It was so isolated, and you could get lost out there. And I have a good sense of direction, and she had no sense of direction. So I was so concerned about her, I prayed about her going out there at nearly midnight to get that dog. And I heard, have her get a chauffeured car. In Lubbock, we had places where you could rent a chauffeured car, like a town car, Lincoln Town Car, or something like that. So I was so excited. We had plenty of money to rent the car. And I told her, I said, rent a chauffeured car and you'll be safe. They will come pick you up at your house. It's the middle of the night. They will drive you to the front door of the airport and wait for you while you pick the dog up and will bring you back safely and help you into the house. And I thought she was going to do that. That was the word from God which I had received. A few days later, she said, I did rent a chauffeured car to take the man back the next day from the hotel to the airport. But I really don't need a driver. I was furious with her. She changed back to the plan that I'd heard from God. You can't do things like that. You can't change the word of God after it has been received and delivered to you. You can't change it. You could get in terrible trouble that way. So it takes little imagination to know that they're not going to follow the directions on picking up this manna. Verse 18. He that gathered much had nothing left over, and he that gathered little had no lack. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it until the morning. 
Notwithstanding, they hearkened not to Moses, but some of them stored it up, left of it, until the morning. That's just basically a lack of trust in God. I know better than God knows. And it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. I know how he felt. So often I deliver a word of God to the individual. The individual changes the word. I know better than God knows is what they're saying. Verse 21. And they gathered it every morning, every man, according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, and said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and seize that ye will seize. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until morning. They couldn't cook on the Sabbath. They laid it up until morning as Moses bade, and it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Now, do you think they believe this? Well, let's read ahead and see. Moses said, Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. There won't be any manna out there for you on the seventh day. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather. They didn't believe, and they found none. Oh, I know this so well, having lived it with the church today. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. Therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread for two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. This is Old Testament law from God, law of Moses from God. This is not the New Testament Sabbath. This is the Old Testament Sabbath. A lot of people I've seen in their yards the Ten Commandments and they say, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. They watch football games on television. They watch dramas. They go grocery shopping. They go to restaurants. See, they're not keeping the Old Testament Sabbath, 
but they're not required to keep the Old Testament Sabbath in the New Testament church. That's a new covenant we have today with God. Verse 31, And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna of the food. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like a wafer made with honey. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread wherewith God has fed you in the wilderness when he brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein, and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. So what's the New Testament Sabbath? It's not the Old Testament. You wouldn't like living by the Old Testament, though you may think you're living by it right now. You couldn't leave your house. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't cook your food. If you want to live by the Old Testament, you can't go out of your tent. The New Testament Sabbath is entering into God's rest through belief in the Word of God. You're ceasing from your own works and trusting in His works. Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4. Hebrews 3, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Departing from the word given you by God. Verse 13, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, toward the end of the world, Satan becomes even more fierce because he knows his days are numbered. Don't you see things getting more fierce on nighttime news where one kills another or they take a gun and kill 13 or 14 unknown people? Don't you see more fierceness in people today? Then 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that was unheard of. We're going to have an escalation of violence toward the end of the world, toward the coming of Jesus and the end of the world. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, I believe verse 13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse 
deceiving and being deceived. They will be lovers of their own selves rather than lovers of God. They will be fierce, Paul says in that chapter. That's exactly what it'll be and is. Hebrews 3, verse 13. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ the Word, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was God grieved for forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, God's rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Hebrews 4 Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For several years, I attended one of the faith movement churches. The teacher of our Sunday school class came to me one time, and he said, you're different from the people who attend church here. I said, well, I thought I was like them. He said, no, you're not. He said, we talk about faith. You live faith. Later, I found out something really shocking. They weren't hearing from God a scripture. They were hunting their own scripture to stand on that scripture to get what they wanted. I was hearing from God. One time I did that. I hunted my own scripture and stood on it to get what I wanted. I wanted to marry. And I found a scripture in Isaiah which says, None shall want her mate. And I put that in the front of my Bible. I quoted it every morning. I claimed that scripture every day and every night. And I did that for months. Well, it didn't work. I hadn't heard that by the Holy Spirit. In fact, I heard the opposite. Once I was in my shop and had plate glass, I owned a business in Dallas and it had plate glass in the front of the shop. 
I looked out on the parking lot and saw this man I was dating coming toward my shop, and I very clearly heard a word from God. You can have all the money you want, but you're not going to have this. And I thought God was telling me I wasn't going to marry Bob. But what God was telling me was, you're not going to marry. Don't let that frighten you. Most people will marry. I had a strong call of God on my life, was taken into heaven twice after I was born again. I had a call of God on my life to do a work of God. And I wasn't going to be marrying, though I tried too many times. Verse 4 of Hebrews 4. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Verse 6. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein, And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into God's rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. And that's the New Testament Sabbath. The New Testament Sabbath is this. We all have the Holy Spirit. They didn't in the Old Testament. The prophets had the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. They went to the prophet to see what to do. In the New Testament today, we still have prophets, but we all have the Holy Spirit. God might show you directly exactly what to do. And when that happens, you cease from your own works. You don't try to do more works. You rest in the word God has given you. That's the New Testament Sabbath. Verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. The New Testament Sabbath is believing in God's works and ceasing from your own works. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today. Today we are going to play for you Mozart's Piano Concerto Number 23. Two of the greatest performers in the world 
are the Academy of St. Martin's In the Field, a chamber orchestra, and Alfred Brindell. Neville Mariner is the conductor of Academy of St. Martin's In the Field. This is a wonderful recording of Mozart's Piano Concerto Number 23 from 19... 71. 